0: This week's episode of Battle of the Atom is brought to you by the Marvel Made Paragon Collection, Chris Claremont from Marvel. Go to getmarvelmade.com/atom to pre-order your copy today. X-Men. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach, bub. Hi. Bub. Bub snicked. <laughs> Are you Zach, a beer? I think, it's,
1: I think it's time we really got to dig deep into your uh, your origin story. I, I think we need to get that finally out to our listeners. What do you think?
0: I mean, I, I was born in kentucky i guess my my parents were going to school there and i was not abducted by a paramilitary organization (laughs) uh and i wasn't drawn really well by barry windsor smith so frankly (laughs) i'd say adam let's screw that and let's talk about let's talk about x-men origins of wolverine
1: yeah, uh because this is uh, an episode all about the be- well, it's the the beginning salvo I think of of getting hints into what Wolverine's past was because up until the early 90s he was a man of mystery. Here's what we knew about Wolverine. He had connections to the government,
0: right? He was And then we learned in the Jim Lee drawn story that he was older than you thought he was. Like you always know, knew Wolverine was a little older than everyone else, but then mm-hmm. you get that Jim Lee story where he teams up with Captain America back when Captain America's fighting Nazis. And you're like, Oh, right. so he's <laughs> at least very old. Okay. Right.
1: I guess the no claws. Does work. No claws in Madripoor nights. Uh, so we, we had some mysteries there and in the early nineties, I think that was one of those things where, Marvel knew that there was a huge, huge demand for the backstory of Wolverine and the backstory of Cable. Yeah. Uh, And and with Cable, it was the same way. So when these two things started coming out, uh, they were a big deal. So what's our first story here, Zach? The first story that
0: we're going to talk about today is a stone cold classic. Snicked. Uh, this was released in 1991 as part of Marvel Comics Presents. It was the uh, lead story from 72 to 84, released bi-weekly or bi-monthly. Every other week, whatever. Whichever one of that. I guess it's both. I guess both of those more or less work.
1: It's, it's tricky because they have multiple meanings.
0: It, it is. It is. <laughs> it, it was every other week, so you got this at a good pace, and it got told in eight-page increments, except for the last one, which is, like, this bonus size, like, y'all know this is good. Uh, <laughs> it's Weapon X by Barry Windsor friggin' Smith. Oh yeah. Jim Novak does some of the letters, but everything else is BWS, baby!
1: Yeah, <laughs> including uh, the uh, the very bright color palette, which I'm a fan of.
0: It's so good, but hey, do you know why we're talking about this, Adam? Do you know why we're I, delving deep into the adamantium I assuming here?
1: Assuming that this is a request from uh, Department K.
0: Um, yeah, Department K Agent uh, G uh did go over to Patreon dot com slash Battle of the Atom and said, "Y'all, I I want you to talk about that crazy Canuck. I <laughs> I need you to talk about the uh, I don't know." Clawboy, he went he want us to do Clawboy, and we we decided to do that today if you want to be like him you can go over to patreon.com slash battle the atom throw some money our way and we would be we would be pleased as punch to uh talk about a story that you want uh and we also have other rewards like you can get things early we'll talk about those at the end of the show like i always do uh but let's talk about weapon x right now because it's pretty good it's a pretty good Uh, one no
1: kidding no kidding so uh big picture we have um some scientists who are going to lace wolverine's uh bones with adamantium and give him some claws at this point in continuity and uh when we stumble upon logan here he appears to be kind of a retired cop who has uh Accidentally shot somebody with a ricochet at a firing range. He's living in a halfway house. He's not in good shape. No, Logan's uh,
0: Logan's a drifter. (laughs) Right. He is a ronin. He is a masterless samurai with no direction in his life, no focus. Nope. Uh, And he gets captured by the Weapon X program.
1: Um not not the weapon ten program at this point. We're still talking with an X.
0: Not yet, but it, it will later become Weapon Ten, which is a <laughs> very good thing. But this is this is a story that focuses on Wolverine, but he is not our protagonists. No. He's, he is you know you know how there's like when you're talking about conflict and story, the classic idea of conflict and story is Man versus man, man versus nature, man versus God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's nature and God can kind of come together, and it can be man versus self as well. or and it Well, self becomes like a secondary thing where you get a bit more existential later and stuff. I'm not an English major. I don't friggin' know. <laughs> anyway, Wolverine is nature and God in this. He is an unknowable, inconceivable force that the professor... Dr. Abraham Cornelius and Ms. Carol Hines uh, observe and mutilate and do horrible things, to, while slowly realizing that they are not the ones in control.
1: No, no, they are not. Um, And I I love um, (laughs) I, I always compare this to like an 80s action movie. Because it really does have a lot of, um, like, you could really have made this into kind of like Predator or Alien, because Wolverine is the monster, and oh, you yeah, have he's, these scientists. He's the slasher, right? Like, you have these scientists that think they're in control. They think they've got uh, uh, Wolverine being turned into Weapon X, and they are the ones pushing the buttons to the point where this story insinuates that Wolverine has been programmed this is the big twist of the story is that they go through an entire sequence where they um implant him with the idea that he has broken out and has destroyed everyone only to laugh to themselves ha 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 we're so smart we we have him under control and then the story still ends with them dying um which is fantastic
0: yeah it's a. Uh... It's an interesting twist because you get to you get to a certain point and like, y'all, I'm gonna be real with you. If you're listening to 170 plus episodes of an X-Men podcast and you've not read the Weapon X story, then you've watched the movie where you see this stuff happen. Uh, Wolverine goes on a rampage, kills just a bunch of people who do deserve it while he's wearing techno organic gear all over his nasty bits. <laughs> and he, well, he he does a stabbing. He does he I, does a I, lot of stabbing.
1: I do want to point out that we've seen scenes from Weapon X in two different X-Men movies, right? Three! Um, well, actually right, because we've seen him in X-Men One, right? You get you get do weird they flashes in X-Men One.
0: Uh, right. 2 X Men United they show
1: the facility. Then X-Men Origins Wolverine. Right. Has the exact thing. And then uh, Apocalypse has the, the cameo. Yeah, right?
0: Apocalypse has him wearing the Weapon X stuff. Uh, oh my God. Stuff, And then Jean Grey being like, no, calm down. We're going to be in love. <laughs> I'm a teenager. And oh, it gross. is weird. So gross. And it completely derails the entire movie, to be fair.
1: That's a terrible movie to begin with. Um, it's not so, very good. But it is important to note that none of those scenes, um, even the stuff in X2, do justice to the amazing artwork that we see here from Barry Windsor Smith. Um, it is just every single page is a knockout. And the amount of detail he's putting into this, the amount of line work, um, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It, it is absolutely stunning to, to look at this story every time I read it.
0: Barry Windsor Smith puts out world-class work here. It is phenomenal. The line work is detailed and like a little sketchy where it needs to be and does an incredibly good job setting the mood and setting just a little bit of distance from the reader and the work just like the uh, weapon X program has just that smallest bit of distance from Wolverine. And it's so good at that. His colors in this phenomenal, phenomenal work, both in print and in the digital editions. It's, it looks so good. It's so, it's such a specific palette that you Mm -hmm. can, you can recognize it anywhere. It's, it's, nothing else in X-Men is like it. It's a hundred percent weapon X.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause we, we, we did see this palette in like wounded wolf a little bit, you know, a little even, bit
0: on that cover,
1: right? Especially on the cover, which kind of looks like this with all the wires and stuff. And, um, you're absolutely right. Like the, there's p- panels here with, um, you know, all kinds of computers and gadgets and wires. And every time you see Wolverine, there's all this stuff hanging out of him. um, It's just so cool and it's so grotesque. You know, there's these elements of body horror throughout this too, where Wolverine is sort of interpreting what's happening to him mentally. And it looks like all these spikes are jarring out of his body. Um, It's extremely effective in selling the atmosphere of the story that's being told.
0: And not just selling that atmosphere in the art. The writing is so Mm. smart in this. Because right. it is it is the professor and Carol Hines and Dr. Abraham Cornelius all having different weird takes on this. The professor is absolutely driven by some outside force that he needs to do this and he has to be the one in charge. And his ego is getting there. Where Cornelius is – he's doing a job. It's mm-hmm. a job that he has come to find out my morals were flexible. I don't know if they're this flexible. Uh <laughs> But he's he's just he's just trying to clock in and clock out. And Heinz right. is like she's horrified by what she has chosen to do, but she's not stopping it either. Right. And those three characters have such a good interplay. It's fantastic. I love the way that Barry Windsor Smith decides to tell this story because it it does such an effective job. Of making Wolverine the subject of Mm -hmm. what's going on, but not allowing us to get into his mind. We get into his mind in the first issue before he even goes to the facility and just barely there. And we know that enough to know this is Wolverine still. This is still the Wolverine we know and care about. Mm -hmm. But now something different. Something has changed
1: yeah and all that narration is told through um multicolored like stream of consciousness narration bubbles for the most Mm -hmm. part and um i love the lettering on this because a lot of it goes in not even in traditional left to right straight up and down you know reading format a lot of it curves in u-shapes around the the sides of the panels and it it's a really effective way of of showing that these things are happening around Logan. Um, they're not necessarily happening just, you know, it's not like he's, you're not sure what he's hearing. You're not sure, you know, what even the other people understand about each other's narration either. Um, and especially with the twist that part of this scenario where he escapes and kills everybody is sort of a, a programmed memory. Um, an illusion, you don't necessarily know what everybody's motivations are. So you have to piece that back together through some of the small, short conversations that you see outside of that. Um, So just from beginning to end, and especially, I mean, it has this very beautiful, um, almost like impressionistic epilogue where Wolverine frozen over with ice and snow as he's naked stalking through the wilderness. Uh you know, is sort of just trying to to escape and piece things together. It's just so smart the way it goes through everything.
0: It's so smart and it's this gets lost a bit in collected editions, but this is such a intelligent use of the Marvel Comics Presents format of mm. these are eight page chapters. These are small bits that bring you into the story and pull you back out. You know what's going on. You're always it's like you're coming back week after week to observe Wolverine, to see what's changed, to follow that particular thread. And it's it's a ratcheting tension because, you know, this is going to go on for a bit. You know, something's coming and they they build it up because, you know, he's the monster. He's the slasher character. Right. And you can't you can't. Keep him contained. That's not going to happen. That wouldn't be a good story. So it's not a matter of can they do it. It's when is this going to go bad. Right. And it works really well to make both (laughs) these people seem horrific. So you're like, hey, if Wolverine does murder all of them, justified. Mm -hmm. Versus still making you feel like Wolverine's the monster. He's the... He's the driving force. He's the antagonist of this. And that's such a good balance to strike with characters like Wolverine. Uh, It's something that, like, Garth Ennis does really well on his Punisher run. It's
1: it's so good. I like this. I'm actually kind of surprised. You know, we just talked about some of the movie adaptations of these scenes. And it is really surprising that with all the Wolverine movies they did, that they never tried to just do this story. Because it is so ready-made for uh, a really good horror director to come in and and do this um, with, you know... It, it could be done correctly. I don't think anyone will ever do it. But. I
0: think it could be done correctly. I don't think that there's going to be a studio out there that's going to be like, yes, Wolverine, this is a character <laughs> that I want to be stuck in a tube for most of this movie, while three scientists talk about him, I can mm. see why they didn't go in that direction. Though I agree that there is there is a very good structure here uh, yeah. for something like that.
1: All right, we have talked at this about this one at length. Should we rank it on our uh, big old list?
0: You're talking about a big list of all the X Men stories of all time, from best to worst. With our number one story being how of X Powers of ten Our number 100 story being the Nimrod arc of New X-Men. The number 200 story being Uncanny X-Men Fear Itself. The number 300 story being Uncanny X-Men Divided We Stand. Uh, The number 400th story on our list being Onslaught. And uh, 438's The Draco. That's the bottom of the list. This is better than most of those.
1: I would say we're going to go pretty high on this. So, um I want to highlight number 25, which as I mentioned earlier is Wounded Wolf. Yes. I think this is better than Wounded Wolf.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's better than Wounded Wolf.
1: So that makes um, it a top 25er. It is a, this
0: is this is a top 25er. It's easily a top 25er. This is a good story. Um I think it's comparable to Number 21, Magneto 1 through 3, Infamous, uh, which I is agree. another thing where they take the character and they make him a villain. It has really, really beautiful art in that case by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta and not Barry Windsor-Smith. Yes. Um, I think this is probably a, probably better than that at 21, though to me it's not as good as number 19, uh, Proteus, uh, the Proteus arc of Uncanny X-Men. Interesting. Like that's, um, that to me is my ceiling. I I think Proteus works really well. It tells a very good X-Men story right there.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I would definitely put it ahead of Mutant Massacre at 20. Um, I think my ceiling for this would be at number 17, we have Mike Carey's uh, X-Men Supernovas. Um, but I'd be willing to put it below Proteus. Um, I I just think it it's really a landmark, just a beautiful piece of artwork.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. This is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and Barry Windsor Smith is a better artist than John Byrne. I'm, yeah, uh, we were actually having this conversation recently in our writers uh, Slack for uh, XavierFalls dot com about wait, who's the who's the worst technically the worst technical artist on uh, the Claremont Run. Uh, and John Byrne's name came up. Interesting. There was not cons- there was not consensus, hmm. uh, but John Byrne's name came up as well. I mean, if you look at who he's compared to,
1: I guess I, I, I don't know. As far as consistent
0: I, artists, not we're not talking fill-ins. We're not talking yeah. about I don't know if, if Sal Buscema did one issue. We're not talking about that.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I could not make that argument, but. Um, I think that I would put it at number 18 above The Passion of Scott Summers, which is Uncanny X-Men volume 219.
0: You're talking about about putting it above my favorite X-Men comic of all time. Not the best, but my favorite.
1: Here's where I'm coming from on this. I know that me personally, I know I'm going to revisit Weapon X before I revisit either of those stories. Fine. Are you going to revisit Proteus before you revisit Weapon X?
0: Yeah, I just read Weapon X. I'll read Proteus again sooner. (laughs) But be honest.
1: Okay, okay.
0: No, this will be our new number 18. Marvel Comics presents number 72 to 84, Weapon X. Hey, Barry Windsor Smith probably has the best track record for writing and drawing the least amount of X-Men, right?
1: Man, he's so good.
0: Like... Art Adams has some stinkers and he has some good ones in there. Barry Mm -hmm. Windsor Smith only did like four things. They all
1: rule. He's got a no hitter. Even if you count his uh, life death three, which I got a hardcover of that, um, which was published. But
0: that's not X-Men. That's not legally X-Men.
1: Technically it's not, but it's pretty much. I mean, it's Storm. Um, But you're right. We can't count that. But it's still amazing. (laughs) All right. So. so you know, Marvel knew that people were hot for this uh this history lesson. So Wolverine also has a solo series going on around this time, right?
0: He does. Uh this is a solo series uh that is written by the legend himself, Larry Hama. Hey, you know how this will be hopefully this will be out of the comics drama news cycle by now. Uh but we, we can never tell. You remember how uh, Disney Plus put out that episode where Dan Slot said that he's bad at hitting deadlines, and everyone did an entire hour about how Dan Slot's bad at hitting deadlines? Yeah, yeah. It's been in Larry been Hama's in, the in that episode, and Larry Hama also writes Marvel Method, but Larry Hama is a consummate professional. Uh,. <laughs> I, but Hama I
1: is famous for, for what? Like p- only plotting a couple of pages ahead of himself, right? If that. <laughs> like he's like, not a long-term strategy guy.
0: No, and that's a... That has some interesting results. There's some <laughs> clunkers in there, and there's some real damn good Wolverine comics. Also a lot of G.I. Joe, which I just haven't read. I'm sure I'd love it. Everyone tells me it's great i just not read Larry Hama's G.I. Joe. Don't sue me. That, I just okay. got into Transformers last year.
1: <laughs> Take your time. There's always more good comics out there. There um,
0: are. But this uh, is the
1: same year as Weapon X, and we're already getting a sequel illustrated by uh, one of X-Men's finest, Mark Silvestri.
0: Yeah, what a team right here. It's Larry Hama and Mark Silvestri in the Shiva scenario. Wolverine number 48 through 50. Uh, very famously in my mind, is the cover of uh, Wolverine 50, which my friend Dave Newman had, and I think he stole it from his brother. (laughs) Uh, But it's a die-cut cover that says, Code Name Wolverine, Top Secret, Weapon X Files, Priority Clearance, Not to Be Seen by Major Logan. And then there's claws, a die-cast claw mark in it, and you can see through it to the files that are inside and it rules.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was uh, reading X-Men at the time, but not Wolverine. Um, And I remember when that issue came out and everybody wanted to have it because, you know, this is the, the, this is that craze of, you know, number ones and, and, you know, different kinds of weird cover um, tricks and things like that. And when you saw that die cut cover, Um, Which now I I also have the uh, the most recent Ben Percy Wolverine number one did a did a version of it again, um, which I got that one, too. It's it was just such a fun idea. Like now the literal idea of Wolverine using his adamantium claws to just slice through the the manila folder top (laughs) to reveal the uh, two page spread underneath is pretty silly. But don't think about um, it too hard. No, don't think about it. This is this is, is something it's that great. gets
0: lost digitally. This is a beautiful physical artifact, and when you see it, long box diving. When we're allowed to long box dive again, Make when sure the bad times it. are done, um, you guys like this is one that I'm always gonna pick and be like, yeah, this one's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, what happens story starts in
1: this in '48 and 48. um, it's a three part three parter where Wolverine uh, shows up. Basically dressed like Rambo, he's got his uh, his red headband on. He's wearing a um, utility vest of some kind with Jubilee in tow. Decides Jubilee to, who's
0: rollerblading?
1: Yep, she's rollerblading. Um, decides to revisit um, a location that I think Professor X tipped him off on, um, which happens to be the original Weapon X facility. At least he thinks it is.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's what he thinks of as the Weapon X facility, and he keeps getting flashbacks as he's going right. through it. Yes. He gets flashbacks to this mission where him and a guy who's obviously Sabretooth and another guy named Mastodon who doesn't come up again. Uh, I, is he in that one issue? Who cares? I forget. Uh, I don't know. I
1: don't ever remember Mastodon popping up. There is a list at the end of this um, that features a couple other sort of like animal related names. And we, we never saw most of those characters.
0: Hey, 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 we do get Maverick though.
1: We do. We do. And, um, throughout this issue, we're starting to get flashbacks similar to the ones that we saw in, uh, the second arc of Jim Lee's X-Men with Omega red, where we're getting hints of Wolverine's backstory as some sort of covert agent, um, but as we find out throughout this story, we're not sure which one of these are actual memories and which one of them are staged. So even his, uh, you know, his coworkers at the time, characters like uh, Silver Fox or Sabretooth, they are too also similarly confused as to which is an implant and, and what's an actual memory.
0: Yeah, that that jim lee story by the way that's the omega red one folks mm-hmm. that one comes out like a few months later yep uh like two months later like to the point where uh wolverine 50 uh came out at the same time as the jim lee x-men and the Rob crazy Kota right force
1: yeah, yeah. And that everybody was, that was to month Wolverine's after month backstory.
0: after month oh geez they're so we get good. some
1: flashbacks to Weapon X. Um, we we get some flashbacks to some other sort of uh, CIA hit job type things. Um, the second issue takes place inside Wolverine's mind. Um, you mean where Emilio Gene... Gara? Yes. Uh, <laughs> where he's a Cuban uh, spy with... Uh, they're dressed up as Fidel, which is which is interesting. Yeah, um, they're
0: trying to they're trying to overthrow the Cuban government, uh, Bay of Pigs style, right? Um, and then Kennedy gets assassinated. and Sabretooth's like, "Nope, we out. <laughs> we nope, out. not screwed with this one anymore."
1: <laughs> um, Wolverine ultimately also gets to confront uh, the Shield. Uh, by driving his motorcycle onto a helicarrier in in issue 50, which is just, I remember that scene as a kid and just being like, this is the most badass thing ever, that he pushes okay, the motorcycle it is. up the stairs and jumps it onto the helicarrier.
0: There's a bunch of people, a bunch of SHIELD agents that are outside this freight elevator, and they're like... This is the only way he's going to get, he wants to get to the roof. That's fine. This is the only way he's going to, he has a motorcycle. This is the only way he's getting a motorcycle up the roof. Meanwhile, Wolverine is pushing and carrying his motorcycle (laughs) up the stairs.
1: It's classic. he
0: he jumps onto the helicarrier and lights a cigar on Nick Fury's cigar. And Nick Fury's like, Logan, what do you want? (laughs) Why, what are you doing? What? Why? This is my favorite boat. Plain why
1: we also it's discover so that uh despite the end of weapon x definitely suggesting that all three uh heinz professor and cornelius were murdered by uh logan we do see that professor and heinz at least have survived and are working in uh, a government office and have programmed a giant robot called the shiva uh, or, or series of robots controlled by a computer program to kill Wolverine and other agents.
0: Yeah. So Wolverine using the information he got from shield uh, does go to that base uh, to try and figure out stuff about his past. And he tries to kill the Shiva beat, beat up the Shiva robot. And then uh, the programming gets changed so that uh, the, he gets like erased from the program of mm-hmm. Shiva and Shiva says, okay, now down to priority two. Sabretooth. And everyone's like, (laughs) Wolverine, are you going to stop that? He's like, no. "No. (laughs) Victor sucks. I do want him to get beat up. Uh, But we get get a little bit about that. We get a little bit about Silver Fox. And we get a lot about implanted memories, fake memories. Uh, There's an ongoing thread that ties back to Wolverine 11, I believe it is, Mm -hmm. uh, of this series. Which is a story set in the past where Wolverine is at peace. There's tranquility he is with a woman named Silver Fox uh, who sabertooth murders pretty bad and um, that and they lived in a cabin and Wolverine keeps seeing that cabin and he keeps seeing the fact that he carved uh you know his initials and silver fox's initials into a tree like young lovers mm-hmm. and there's an ongoing question throughout this is was that real? Was this right. like one shining moment of joy real or was it an implanted memory? And that, to me, is such a fascinating like thing they added to Wolverine right here. This is in the 90s where this gets introduced is that, hey, maybe Wolverine's memories all screwed up.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's a great premise because if you're being smart about this editorially, you don't really want to tell wolverine's backstory because the more you get to tease it out the more you get to sort of play around with well what did happen and what didn't happen this is a great device to do that because you could tell just about any story and it doesn't matter whether it's real or fake you could find out later that this cool adventure that happened or this tortured moment that happened it wasn't real so it is an interesting setup um i don't you know, know that it really gets utilized as much as it should from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, But Wolverine doesn't find out his entire backstory until the Morrison run. I mean, even, I mean, even later, there, you than don't that. get to hear it. Right. E-
0: even later than that. He doesn't. The audience finds out about Wolverine's backstory in uh Origins uh in 2001. Mm hmm. But Wolverine doesn't figure it out until after House of M.
1: Right. Yeah. That's At the when end of like House of M, lucid. he gets
0: all of his memories back. And then news gets out that Wolverine gets all of his memories back. And look, the Daniel Way Wolverine Origins run is not very good. The scene <laughs> where you have all of these different gangs and government agencies and all this stuff flipping out because Wolverine remembers things and like there's mass suicides and all this it's a very good scene uh, that's Absolutely. not in this book though but I like this book I think this is this is like if you want a Wolverine solo story this is a good one to hand over Absolutely. To Larry Hama Larry Hama's good Mark Silvestri is Mark Silvestri one of the best artists in the game
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: looks fantastic on this book
1: yeah Dan Green's doing some great work inking here. Um, I love the portrayal of Jubilee throughout these issues as as the plucky sidekick. Larry uh, Hama, Hama does a good Jubilee. Yeah, Hama does such a good Jubilee. So I, I, I enjoy this quite a bit. Um, where do you think it would rank on our big list?
0: So, I'm going down the list of what Wolverine solo stuff we have. It's not as good as uh, the Miller Wolverine. It's not as good as Weapon X. Nope. Not as good as Meltdown. Uh, I'm scrolling down the list here. Ah. Number 69. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Is, what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires?
1: Hmm. Interesting comparison. We've loved that book. Um... At 76, we have The Jungle Adventure. So, some good comparison points here. What are we thinking I, here?
0: Is this a. You know what? I, I think this is a top 100 story. Because I agree. number 100 right now is Blood Hungry. Uh, it got bumped mm-hmm. down. Uh, but Blood Hungry, uh, a Wolverine story. Uh,
1: another Marvel think, Comics Presents story.
0: Another MCP bad boy. I think mm-hmm. it's better than that. I agree. Um, it's better than i think it's better than executioner song at uh, 89
1: i would agree better than early frost at 85.
0: yeah i'd say so but we're getting close i don't think it's better than 80 or than 78 uh age of x-man next gen
1: i think that's fair that's that's two slots below jungle adventure and and uh, it's right above Ultimate X Men World Tour. I think that's a great spot for it, Zach. So that would make it our new 79.
0: That would make it our new 79. Uh, Wolverine 48 through 50, The Shiva Scenario. That's a good one. Like, go check that one out. It's fun.
1: Oh, also it's a lot. Also, realizing
0: of fun. we have a random cable story that uh, I think might be too high up on this list <laughs> <laughs> at 83, uh, <laughs> Waiting on the End of the World. Uh, but that's fine. We made this list a while ago. Uh, but Adam, Adam, I have, I have something uh, for you to rack your brain about. We're talking about good comics, right? We are. We are talking about good comics, Zach. Well,
1: you know who's sponsoring us uh, talking about these good comics this week? I believe it's uh, Marvel Made. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Our sponsor this week is the Marvel Made Paragon Collection. It's Marvel's newest prestige format product, exclusive. To the marvel made platform and it's celebrating marvel's most iconic writers and artists and featuring the most revered marvel comic storylines and noteworthy moments over the years and adam do you know what's first
1: well i was gonna say it's got to be something x related right
0: it doesn't have to we'll take your money I'll, you <laughs> want me to talk about daredevil you want me to talk about thor i'll do it all day long uh but no this one is a uh the first premiere bundle from the Paragon Collection, and it's featuring none other than Marvel Comics legend Chris Claremont.
1: Nice. Uh, when do people have to order this thing by?
0: Well, they can put in their orders anytime between now and December 4th. Now, everyone, uh, let us if you're listening to this on release day, that is Friday. So okay. keep thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be available for pre-order if and only if... 1,200 pre-orders or more are received. So it's like a gated kind of thing.
1: Very cool. What's this thing look like, Zach?
0: Well, the Marvel-made Paragon Collection Chris Claremont premiere bundle includes a gorgeous faux-leather hardcover book that is hand-numbered and signed by Papa Chris himself. It includes one of four handwritten iconic quotes from his X-Men stories.
1: And uh, what, what exactly is in this thing? Must be some classics, right?
0: Well, the collection features a behind the scenes forward by comic book icon Louise Simonson, who I did see in that Marvel 616 show and did cheer. Uh, <laughs> my wife also saw Anna and she was like, Where do I know her from? And I'd say, Literally nowhere. Why would you know who Anna <laughs> is? You don't read comics. <laughs> uh, but it does collect classic mutant epics, such as the Dark Phoenix Saga. Days of Future Past, The Wolverine Limited Series, illustrated by Frank Miller, Uh, Uncanny X-Men 268, the iconic story featuring Captain America and Black Widow that we like to call Madripoor Knights, Uh, and X-Men 1, the world's best-selling comic book of all time, illustrated by Jim Lee.
1: I'm assuming that's not all.
0: Oh, that's not all. Included in the bundle are all new lithographs and comics from renowned artists, such as a Wolverine limited series homage litho by Joe Casada, a Dark Phoenix saga homage litho by Phil Noto, an Inferno homage litho by Philip Tan, an X-Men Claremont collage litho by Salvador Roja, a Storm Slash Callisto battle homage litho by Marcos Martin, a... As Guardian War Homage Litho by Art Adams, an exclusive Wolverine number six Days of Future Past themed variant comic book cover with a cover by Olivier Corpel, and an X Men 13 Dark Phoenix action figure variant comic book by John Tyler Christopher.
1: Now, I heard there's some kind of exclusive content to this book as well, right? Well, also included is the
0: world debut of an exclusive 20-page prequel comic for Days of Future Past, written by Chris Claremont and drawn by Salvador uh,
1: Anything else but, in there? What, what else yeah. should we know?
0: <laughs> yeah, because this thing's packed to the friggin' gills, Adam. It's filled with the good Chris content that we all crave. Uh because there's comics, there's lithos, and the bundle includes Claremont's original Days of Future Past notes and scripts. And brand new behind-the-scenes interviews with Chris Claremont about his most iconic and shocking
1: X-Men stories. What's this going to put me back, Zach? Well, you don't want to miss out
0: on him, because uh, this is a must-have uh, collection for any Chris Claremont or X-Men fan. It's only available for a limited time for one ninety-nine. Plus tax and shipping along with the bundle though. You'll receive a Marvel made Paragon collection certificate of authenticity and bundles will begin shipping in March, 2021. All right. Sounds cool. Where do I go to get this thing? You gotta go to GetMarvelMade.com slash Adam. That's A-T-O-M like Battle of the Atom, like our show. It's for us. It tells it tells them that we sent you, and then they'll give us more money later uh, in the form of new ads and stuff to help help us afford uh, the Marvel Made Paragon collection that we so crave. Uh, and you can pre-order your copy of that Marvel Made Paragon collection, Chris Claremont Premiere Bundle, at GetMarvelMade.com slash Adam. And make sure you do that before for December 4th. That's this Friday. Uh, and that's that's uh that's who's sponsoring us. That was a long answer to why we're talking about X-Men today, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it was now back to our regularly scheduled uh uh Wolverine programming, which uh well let's be frank here. I think we said it before that people crave wolverine origin content but maybe you can push that idea a little too far and i think our last story uh definitely does that it is the um i don't know what really the reception to this was but this is origins wolverine
0: yeah this is origin uh came out in november 2001 written by paul jenkins bill jemis and joe quesada uh, with uh art by Andy Kubert and Richard Eisenov. Uh, whew. so do you know why this book exists, Adam?
1: I, uh, uh,
0: there's a very specific reason, actually. <laughs> Is there so, a story
1: behind this? Because I'd love to know. Because it always seemed so superfluous and and downright stupid to me. But please tell me some history. So picture it: summer,
0: July, two thousand. There's a movie that comes out and it becomes a big hit. It is really the triumphant cry of hey, superheroes are here now and you're just going to have to deal with it for the next 20 years until a global pandemic stops us from releasing most of them and yet still we find a way to squeeze out three superhero <laughs> movies in that year. Um and because X-Men was so popular, and before any of you weird Blade fans come at me, no, Blade wasn't Blade wasn't a superhero movie. Blade was, it's a Marvel thing. I get it, but it, people weren't going to Blade because it was a superhero thing. They were going to it because it was a cool action movie with vampires that happened to be owned by the Marvel Comics Corporation, LLC. Uh, I actually don't think they're a limited liability company at all, but that's not the point. <laughs>
1: An indictment for sure. So you're telling me that this exists solely because X Men was was a hit in theaters.
0: Yeah, they realized that the sequels were going to be like, hey, um, we seeded a lot of stuff about Wolverine and where he comes from and his origin, and uh, we're gonna and uh Joe Casada and Bill Jamis, uh, who were EIC and publisher at the time, I believe, or I don't know if no Casada would have just been like. High up in editorial, running the Marvel Knights stuff in two thousand one, Jemis would have been EIC still, uh, but they kind of racked their heads together and said, "We don't tell this story; the movie people are going to, so we should probably like." They have forced our hand now.
1: <laughs> I
0: guess. I mean, <sighs> that was their logic. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying I they agree. chose I'm to- stating facts.
1: And they chose to beam us back to the 19th century to sh- to tell us this woebegone story of uh, Rose, Dog, and James Howlett. And oh goodness, it just, wow. Um, See, they had already established
0: Sabretooth's origin. So right. they had to say, "Ah, screw it! We can't have them be secret brothers." Which the movie gets around and says, "No, it's dumb that there's a saber tooth that's not saber tooth in this. We're just gonna make him saber tooth."
1: Yeah, it stinks that that it really doesn't get to get tied together with you know the fact that we get stuck with dog here as opposed to uh, you know getting a really cool uh, Victor Creed back backstory is unfortunate, but on. Honestly, it doesn't matter whether Sabretooth is in this story. Um, If you have not read this, it it chronicles um, what appears to be uh, Logan's origin as the son of an abusive drunk living on an estate. However, there's a a fake out. Because the, the character that looks like Wolverine and you think is the father of Wolverine is actually just the father of this character named Dog. And this... Sort of allergic, you know, wimpy nerd boy who lives up in the castle turns out to have bone claws in his hands um, when his family is uh, murdered before his very eyes.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing. You got young, you got young Jimmy Hallett and he's he's a little dainty boy uh, mm-hmm. living in Canada and Alberta with his family. His mom is kind of reserved and a little sickly as well. Uh his dad's just a real
1: swell guy. His dad's He crazy. really is. What a nice uh, fella! Angry grandpa though.
0: Yeah, his grandpa sucks and is bad. But his dad's his dad's like, his dad's like not a good billionaire because those don't exist. But he's mm. close. He's towing that line as much as he can while still like having servants and stuff. Uh, but uh, dog who is the saber tooth friend that lives on the lives in the field. Uh, Dog ends up acting up and going through some stuff and eventually gets his dad fired from the estate and his dad gets mad because, well, it turns out while Mr. Mr. Hallett was being a nice kind gentleman all these years. Uh, Thomas Logan, the groundskeeper has been uh, getting, getting a little, getting a little busy with the missus.
1: Does appear that way. Yes. Yeah. Um Yeah. Th- this all and ends in a very dramatic violent uh scene. It's a double murder suicide.
0: Yes. Um It's not good. In Wolverine, Jimmy, Jimmy, James Hallett and Rose run away and James becomes like a like a recluse in his own mind.
1: Yeah, so the bone claw reveal is in what issue three? Two. So Or two. Um, it's the so end the,
0: of two because he's going no uh, over the corpse of his parents and so of his dad, the, the rest his, of this. His real story, dad and his his biological secret dad.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. So this the rest of the story is basically Rose and um, now the redubbed Logan because um, that's that's i guess they didn't want to use his real name um, basically hang out and grow up in a in a mining community um, until dog comes back and uh logan's got to take care of him and that's the whole story it's dumb
0: it is pretty dumb it's it's weird that it's six parts right
1: like why is this story six issues long you could have told this story in Four issues max. And it does not need to be this lengthy treatise. Like, it's really not good.
0: It's doing something in the first, like, two issues. I understand what it's doing, even though I think it's bad. But I'm like, I, I get that. Yeah, eventually you, you are going to have to tell the story of Wolverine's childhood because this comic has been going on for so many years. But then he just, like, hangs out. For four issues.
1: And Andy Hubert
0: can't do it.
1: No. No. Andy
0: Andy can't make it interesting.
1: (sighs) Even uh, I've thought about this a couple times, but I I do not like what Andy is doing here. Um, I almost. I I thought about whether Adam's work would have been better suited for this story. I've thought about, uh, you know, some like dream casting to make this better. But the story itself is just dull. It is boring and it doesn't add anything to the mythos of the character. You know, we get to learn why he's nicknamed Wolverine because, you know, some people think that he's tough like a Wolverine. uh, And then he later and he digs a lot. I guess, you know, it's like the, it, these are explanations and things that um, really do calcify why you don't ever need to go back and tell Wolverine's origin story. I don't care if a movie is going to like go and try and do it uh, before you do. And if it is at least do something that's more interesting than this.
0: You remember, you remember that Han Solo movie that came out that everyone has forgotten about, even though it was a star Wars. Uh and there
1: are you about to talk trash on solo? Because I love solo.
0: I'm about to I'm about to talk trash about the part where Han Solo goes and he's like, I'm gonna secretly enlist in the Academy, and they're like, What's your last name? He's like, I don't have a last name. They're like, Are you traveling with anyone? No, love okay, it. your name's Solo.
1: <laughs> okay. It's very bad. Yes, that and element that's, is that's incredibly this, stupid. That's this for the whole yes. comic. Six it, issues of Hey,
0: why is Wolverine called Logan? Because this abusive guy, who is technically his biological father, Mm -hmm. um, was also named Logan. But his real name is Jimmy Howlett. Howlett, like what wolves do. Wolves, which are distinct from Wolverines and not even close to related besides being mammals.
1: It's okay. He will run with the wolves before the story is over. And he I, does
0: I, run with wolves.
1: I could not wait for this to be over. It's such a drag, and it's not enjoyable at all. Um, I can't recommend it very much. I, it's it's not so awful that I find it offensive. It's just like it's unnecessary. It and it doesn't. I don't add, need to. It doesn't add
0: anything. I don't. I don't need to know why Wolverine has a fetish for redheads. Like that's not. <laughs> That wasn't something I was questioning. I just thought, oh, okay, that's right. That's okay, his that's type. your thing. Yeah, more power to you. I get that. I can comprehend this. I don't need to know that you had a uh, secret kind of girlfriend, but she never really felt that way about you. Named Rose, uh, who also had red hair, and then dies because, of course, she's. T- She's a female protagonist in a Wolverine story. What else is she going to do? Right.
1: Oh, my God. You know, and it, it it what's so funny, and I'm thinking about this as, as we're um, getting ready to rank this, is that Wolverine Noir, which we've talked about relatively recently, um, which we have down at 232, I think plays with a lot of these elements and at least the cast in such a smart and fun way. There's nothing smart or fun about this book. And, uh, no, because
0: that story at least has a plot, which this it does. doesn't.
1: No, it, it, it's just here's here's this character and he's basically going to sit around and do next to nothing for six issues. Uh, it's so sad, uh, especially after those two exciting stories we just talked about. So um, in terms of ranking, I mean, I think we're definitely below Wolverine Noir, which is at 232.
0: Oh, we're I'm scrolling down a good good spell from there um at at 319 we have the first gambit story
1: no that's better than this
0: yeah that's better than this
1: absolutely Um,
0: let's see i'm trying i'm scrolling 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 um i think
1: it's better than i mean i think it's worse than the life and times of lucas bishop at 343
0: listen i think this is worse than ivx ivx tells a bad story but it does tell a story
1: i would agree um i, I think it's worse IVX than. doesn't
0: sit around being boring it no. sits around being frustrating those are different emotions
1: i think it's worse than wildcats x-men at 364
0: yeah wildcats x-men's better um uh we talked about noir. Is it better than X-Men Noir at 368?
1: You know, I guess I could mm, that's tough. I'm not I mean, I'm
0: not saying it is. I'm just looking down on the list. Cuz it's okay, at 403 we have X-Women. And this is better than X-Women.
1: I would agree. I would agree. Um it's oof.
0: He is hey actually 396 wolverine 98 to 100 furnace of his mind anvil of his heart the time where wolverine fights tyler scott summer's that was really better dumb than this. grandson
1: yeah but that was still better than this wasn't it i mean at least something happened
0: yeah hey is this better or worse than x factor 1, mm. one through six x factor one through six Ruins Cyclops for a That's while. True.
1: We have to remember that
0: it breaks Cyclops for a good spell.
1: That is true. Um I'm still gonna put X Factor ahead of this, if only because I think it has more consequence. This doesn't do anything to the character, um, but we're in the right place because at 400, we have X-Men five to seven, the man who fell to earth, which is pretty awesome. Man.
0: Nate Gray. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say this is better than what if the X-Men lost Inferno at 401.
1: Yeah, um, the art in that is pretty terrible. Is this better or worse than X-Patrol?
0: Worse? Because X-Patrol is one issue and it says nothing. This is six issues that say nothing.
1: All right, then I think we have a spot. Uh, this is our new yeah. 400.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put it above that X-Man story, which is also bad.
1: Woof woof this is not good um the other two check them out this one avoid like the plague
0: it's 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 a story that i'm mad about because you because it is his origin you have to know it and you have to talk about it even though his origin doesn't actually matter because you really didn't have to go any farther back than weapon x that's right the weapon x story was all you really needed And even what Larry Hama was doing with the Shiva scenario was like, hey, he also did this other stuff, but he's a, but some of it's real and some of it's not. And it doesn't matter because the person that he is now starts the moment he wakes up in Weapon X. Right. That's when Wolverine starts. You don't have to know any of the other stuff because it doesn't matter to him. He is Wolverine at that moment in Weapon X. And then he goes and meets up with alpha flight hangs out with them for a while fights hulk teams up with the x-men and then he's the lovable canadian
1: <laughs> well said Zach. i don't like this story actually
0: it i makes think me we mad. are
1: been very clear about that so um anyway luckily was it's not one. in
0: the chris claremont paragon collection
1: nope nope it's not uh all right so that, i think we'll call it a day that was pretty good
0: yeah, that was pretty good. Hey, thanks to G Fens uh for suggesting that we do this episode. That was a good one. If you want to be like them, you can go support us at patreon.com slash bow of the item. You get early episodes. Uh this week's or this last week's one wasn't good because spoiler alert, I had to redub literally all of my lines. <laughs> uh so that's why that one was late. Normally they come out before uh right before the episode would normally come out. Uh, but if you want to if you want to join that group again, Battle the Adam on Patreon. Go do that. Uh, it's a it's a nice little team. Hey Adam, hi. Where where can people find you?
1: Guys can always find internets? me on Twitter at Arthur Stacey. Uh Zach, where can I find the latest and greatest X Men coverage and other comic oh, that, coverage?
0: That would be at XavierFiles.com uh, and the Xavier Files uh, Twitter account at Xavier Files. Um, they're both great places filled with information. Uh, so many swords uh, you can read about. We just <laughs> we just finished up our ten of swords coverage, oh, and uh, it's a lot of fun. But, but you know what? Even though we're done with that coverage, I'm kind of I kind of still have an itch. I kind of still want to talk about it, Adam.
1: I would like to as well. You know, especially with someone maybe uh, who could give us some insight.
0: Yeah. Uh, next week. Senior X-Men editor Jordan D. White is going to give us the state of Krakoa 2020 as we discuss everything that happened in this last year and everything that's going to happen in the year to come. But until then, guys, this has been Battle of the Atom, and we hope you survived the experience.
1: Get it!